listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello? Can you hear me? Did that work? Did YouTube mute me because of of copyright strikes? I don't really get how YouTube works. Am I here? If you're listening, say something, please. I know it's late. I don't even know if anyone's here. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Like I've said the past few uh, uploads, I have been hard at work, focused on stuff. Um, hold on one second. Been working on a lot of stuff, so apologies again. Uh, oh, am I here? Wait, I'm refreshing. Yeah. Um, been hard at work on stuff. Um, so, oh, someone says hello. Okay, good. I guess I'm here. I don't know if that if YouTube played that little walk of thing. Haven't had the most um, thought-provoking topics to come to you with because my thoughts have been being provoked by other topics that I'm hard at work on. But like I've said, soon I'll be back um, in full force uh, in multiple venues. But like I've also said before, I'm just going to continue being vague and not say exactly what I'm doing. Uh because I'm trying to hold myself to higher standards of things. I'm speaking in parables right now like Jesus. (laughs) I'm so mysterious. Anyway, um, I want to talk a little bit about Waka Flocka Flame, of who I am a huge fan, because even though I said that uh, I wanted to maybe make the next upload about eugenics, I don't feel like talking about eugenics right now. I feel like talking about motherfucking Waka Flocka Flame. So get the fuck over it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about art. Because uh, that's fun to talk about. And speaking of art. A uh, little self-promo. I'm having an art sale. I was originally going to end it at midnight. But then I decided. Hey why don't I just go live at midnight instead. And give it one more little oomph bump. I have a link in the. A description for this video if you would like to purchase some of my visual art I'm having an art sale I'll probably leave it up for like I don't know 
whenever I wake up tomorrow, I'll end it or something. So if you would like to purchase some art, I have custom line drawings uh, because a lot of people have asked me about tattoo commissions. Because um, you're all some tatted up, fucked up freaks. So right now, for only $30, if you would like a line drawing, I'll send it to you as a digital file, uh, which is perfect for things like tattoos. Or if you actually want an art print from me, a full color one, or if you just want a fucking line drawing that's a fine art print, then just specify that in the prompt. If you follow the link in the description, you uh, can go buy some fucking art. And just to clarify, the images that I've uploaded there are just examples. I'm not selling those pieces. All the pieces are custom. You have to provide me with a prompt of your choosing. So go fucking get some fucking art. But anyway, let's talk about art. I wanted to talk a little bit about Walk a Flock of Flame. Um, because <laughs> I saw the other day he had an interview on what's that show everyday struggle i believe it's called hosted by dj academics of new jersey uh which i'm not entirely proud to claim him dj academics is a weirdo not a big fan but i saw that walk a flock of flame was on his show and at first i didn't watch the interview all i saw was that all these little clips of him uh saying that he was a whack rapper were going viral and people are talking about it and I, I was deeply, deeply offended because I am a huge Waka Flocka Flame fan. Uh, it's probably no secret. I've talked about this about a bit. I have no idea what's going on like in the world of rap. I just have this thing the past few years. I like can't really listen to anything that came out like after the year 2000. But that's just the past few years. When Waka Flocka Flame came out, I like only listened to him and Gucci Mane for like at least a six month period <laughs> because you know that's like what was going viral at the time this is like I don't know what year this was what years was this this was like 2010 2011 I don't know I was just really into it I saw him live uh with who was it with it was with Travis Porter and DMX one of the best shows I've ever been to I got so fucked up. I fell asleep when DMX was doing like his like prayer songs. <laughs> when DMX was doing all his Jeeba songs, which I regret because I love DMX's Jeeba songs. Uh, <laughs> but I remember I fell asleep. Wait, no, it couldn't have been. God, I was so fucked up. I was so fucked up. I went on stage for a twerking contest. I didn't want to. They grabbed me. I guess they thought I looked funny or something. They wanted to make a joke of me. So, make a joke of me, they did. I was so fucked up. They brought me on stage for this fucking twerking contest. They kicked me off within, like, 15 seconds. But I didn't choose this for myself. That was fucked up. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, Ramona says, why you gotta bring back the time cube hats at the same time you're broke? It's okay, Ramona. I think I'll leave them up there. Yeah, I didn't mention that. For my, uh... For this little art sale thing, that page that I posted is the official website home of all my merchandise. So I also have buttress hats and time cube hats up for sale for $45, which is a lot more than I'd usually charge. But right now, I am only selling based on availability, and I have to order each hat as it's ordered. So uh, right now, they're more on the expensive side. But if I do like a merch drop in the future, 
uh, I'm hopefully can make them cheaper because I don't feel comfortable selling them for that much money. It's a fucking hat. But if you want to support, if you want to buy it, uh, there are hats also for sale, including the Time Cube hat. Uh, but I think I'll keep it there. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Waka Flocka. He said that he was a whack rapper. What the fuck? Do you guys think that Waka Flocka Flame is a whack rapper? I don't. I don't feel this way at all. And part of what what his justification was was that um for saying this thing about himself, this horrible thing, was that um his favorite rappers are Nas, DMX, which is ironic because I saw him with DMX. They must be friends. Oh, I don't know. I imagine. I've actually heard that DMX is super friendly because, you know, I live in the New York State area, not like far upstate. I'm, I'm only about like 30 minutes north of Yonkers, which is where DMX is from. And uh, multiple people have run into him in Yonkers. And I hear that he's just like the nicest guy ever. He poses for pictures. Uh, DMX is the best live show that I've ever seen. DMX and Freddie Gibbs are the two rappers that I think sound just as good live as they do on studio recordings. Which is a wonder, because, you know, not to be defamatory to DMX, especially, who is also one of my favorite rappers. But, you know, it's no secret he struggles with drugs. And as somebody who also struggles with drugs, I mean, the stamina that he has during his live shows, just amazing. He had his shirt off. Everyone was going crazy. Oh yeah, but anyway, I was so fucked up at this Waka Flocka show, I fell asleep somehow, and I remember waking up to hard in the paint, and being so startled, I didn't know what to do, it was like a, it was like a fire, and I just instinct, instinctually ran to the front of the stage, like, in a daze, I didn't know what was going on, all I knew was that hard in the paint was on. <laughs> But anyway, he said that the reason that he thinks he's a whack rapper is because he idolizes these rappers like Nas and uh, KRS-One and stuff. And um, that he could not out-rap them. He said that if he was in a booth with Kendrick Lamar, you know, he would look foolish by comparison because he just doesn't think that he has the same quality, the same skills of rapping as these other people that he was listing. <laughs> yes. Hi, Karina. Um, and I I don't know, because I haven't really been on social media, but somebody told me that this uh, incited some uh, <laughs> controversy. I guess because this is like a popular uh, 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 <laughs> discussion that has gone on in the past few years, especially, you know, where people are always comparing like new rap music to rappers from like the golden era of hip-hop which is the 90s you know when hip-hop really came into prominence i mean um the rappers that he listed anyway nas dmx karis one these are all dudes that are known for their rap skills well actually dmx less so I don't think that DMX gets enough respect. Let me just say that right now because I think it's because I can't, I don't know if this is true, but my impressions is the reason that DMX gets sort of lost in all of these discussions of the greats, especially of the 90s, is because, you know, you remember there was a period where DMX was like doing a lot of radio bangers kind of when like hip-hop was starting to take on some more pop qualities and he was on a lot of like blockbuster film soundtracks you know most notably like um oh, what was that fucking movie i think it was 
was it Fast and the Furious? I don't think it was the first Fast and the Furious. Oh, fuck. I gotta look it up. Let's look it up. But, you know, he was on, like, a lot of movie soundtracks. And he was also in a lot of movies. Great actor. Great actor. Um, but I think he gets disrespect because of that. Because anything that is, like, too mainstream or accessible is instantly seen as, like, being less of less quality, you know. But, but I think that if any controversy was created with Waka Flocka talking about himself this way, in such a disparaging way, uh, it's because of this discussion people have, um, there, or this, this controversy that exists in talking about rap now versus rap then. And I think it's a really interesting discussion from a nerd perspective and a philosophical philosophy of art perspective because it really calls a lot of things into question. For one, I mean, what is the criteria that we judge a thing like rap music on, you know? What are the parameters of rap music and what makes a thing a good rap song, you know? If Waka Flocka Flame is to say that he is a whack rapper because he cannot rap as well as people like Nas and KRS-One, the insinuation is that he thinks he's a whack rapper because what makes a rapper good is, what, their verbiage? Um, interesting. Chris Marquez has just said, well, if we take someone like Emily Dickinson, a poet... Sorry, you don't know rappers, but poets are similar artists, IMO. Yes, I agree. She didn't want her shit to be put out, but they just fucking published it when she died. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, because you know, on top of all of the uh, regular old discussion points this conversation brings up, it also makes you think about the artist's ideas about themselves, you know? How valid is an artist's perspective on themselves? And, I mean, of course it's valid in one way, but but how valid is it, you know? If, a, if an artist, not even to speak of Waka Flocka Flame uh, for a second, just to get broader for a second, if an artist believes that their work sucks, then does it suck definitively? Is this the is this the most important perspective on any artist themselves, you know? On any artist's work? Is the artist the ultimate expert on their own work? What do you guys think? <laughs> Chris says, just because you hate yourself doesn't mean we have to hate you too. Agreed. But it does... I mean, I think that the artist's perspective on themselves is a perspective that cannot be accessed by anybody in the audience, right? And for that reason, it does deserve some sort of consideration, you know? Because something that we have talked about in length before on this channel is the idea that ultimately what makes art uh, a thing of value, I would say, is the idea that intentions have been fulfilled, you know? I mean, how do we judge art? And what is art? Ultimately, art is a thing that we find to be pleasing for having some sort of aesthetic qualities, right? But it also is a thing that is created with conscious intent, right? And the way that we judge art and the criteria that we hold it to has 
all to do really with this concept the idea that the artist has fulfilled their own intentions you know and I think that the more an artist is believed by us the audience to have fulfilled their intentions the more we appreciate the art piece because the more we see it as having skill and intelligence behind it you know if you set out to do a thing as an artist first of all I think we the audience have to admire the very thing you set out to do I mean that is the first parameter that we probably are really taking into consideration because you know if you're making some art piece about I don't know how much you love Jesus you could be the most talented artist in the world and I it might not really resonate with me because who gives a fuck about that guy you know but um whatever you set out to do uh even if it is to show us how much you love babu jibas or whoever if you fulfill your own intentions successfully still i think that it will be easier for us as the audience to at least say well you know you're talented you have skill you are able to fulfill your own intentions you know so i think if an artist such as waka flock of flame comes out and says that they think that they are whack you know then we have to give merit to this perspective, this idea that perhaps he did not fulfill his own intentions and that what we thought he might have intended to do, perhaps we misread him, we misfired, you know, that's a possibility. Or it's also possible and something that he talks about a lot in the interview because I just watched the full thing, which is about 42 minutes long, I think. Um, you know, artists change. And I think that I don't think necessarily that Walk a Flock of Flame at the time of uh, making what he made necessarily felt at the time like he was trying to be KRS-One and failed at being that. I think that his perspective on being a good rapper um, is something, you know, he's talking about in a, in a more... Uh, remove context and called himself a whack rapper he didn't say that he made whack music so maybe in that sense even though i am a large walk a flock of flame a large i'm so large even though i'm a big fan you know i guess i could concede him that if i'm if i want to but that's also only in a very specific conversation about what makes a good rapper you know because i think what also makes a good rapper is somebody who makes good rap songs you know so in that sense i mean you could be krs1 and make a song like walk a flock of flame songs because you want to because you like how that sounds you know you can't rap like krs1 on a walk a flock of flame song it wouldn't be a walk a flock of flame song it would be a krs1 song and it would have it would be so aesthetically different you know um I'm reading comments, sorry. Chris says, so in a sense, it's like a separate the art from the artist thing. Oh, that was talking about your Emily Dickinson thing. Cammie says, hi, Cammie. The artist is an expert on the context of its creation, but not of its quality. Mm. Cammie also says, art is less pleasing to the creator because they have experienced the pain of where it comes from. Well, I think that's an interesting idea, Kami. I think that it is true that if you are the creator of a piece of art, I wouldn't say that you lack the critical distance that is necessary uh, 
as far as being able to have the ability to remove yourself from your art to see it in a way that might be more similar to how the rest of us see it. Because I think that in a certain sense, you know, you are also an audience member of your own art. Because to think that you as the artist can have no uh, perspective on your own art, I mean, I think that would be silly. Because look at how we all respond as audience members to any art, you know. No two people's impression of an art piece is already the same. I love Waka Flocka Flame. Someone else hates him, you know. And then how Waka Flocka feels about himself is also a unique perspective. Um, so, so clearly, oh, Trendell's here, hey, Trendell says he had a point, a lot of good rappers have bravado, I agree, Trendell, but what is bravado, you know, bravado, well, let's define it, <laughs> because that's what we do, let's look it up, Miriam, I think that this is a very important point that we should talk about. Bravado. Ready? Bravado. From the Italian. No, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Bravado. 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 <laughs> it has to be Italian. Bravado. Bravado. Whatever, guy. Bravado. Blustering, swaggering conduct. No way. Swaggering. Wow. Swaggering. Swagger. 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 Sfogger. Swaggering. Bravado. Sfoggering. Swaggering. To conduct oneself in an arrogant or super colliciously pompous. What the fuck is this word? Super colliciously? What? Never heard such a fucking word. What is this word? Super clicious? Supercilious. Supercilious. Oh, God, I'm embarrassed. Coolly and patronizingly haughty. Wow. 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 This feels like a bit of a biased definition from Miriam. The definition of swagger. To conduct oneself in an arrogant or superciliously, superciliously pompous manner. Why can't, and then it, for an example, it says, especially to walk with an air of overbearing self confidence. So this is posited automatically as a negative, which I think is very biased of Miriam, especially since Miriam always has like five definitions, but this one only has one, and it posits swagger as a bad thing. Um, and even for bravado, wow, bravado, blustering, swaggering conduct, a pretense of bravery, which I would say is also uh, degradatory. That's really interesting. The quality or state of being foolhardy. Wow. I'm so glad we looked that up because I would define bravado really as, uh, you know, self-assertion, self-confidence. But I guess it kind of makes sense, you know. I think wrapped up in the definition of the word, even though I would, I do not treat it mentally as something as negative as Merriam-Webster seems to uh, feel about these these words, bravado, swagger. Um, I guess wrapped up in the very 
concept and definition is the idea that it's an aesthetic of confidence. It's kind of like social posturing, I think, if we're going to talk about it in the realm of like rap music, you know. Um, Trendell says he was real and at the time no one could tell him he was whack because he didn't want to be whack. He wanted to be popping and he was. Would you agree that in order to be a successful rapper you have to have charisma? Um, I guess, but I think that in the realm of art, you know, all of these concepts are so relative, you know, because like, let's think of somebody that is so different from Waka Flocka Flame, you know, I think somebody that would be so different would be a person like Cool Keith, you know, does Cool Keith have bravado and swagger? I mean, the dude's nuts. He's out here saying the most ridiculous shit ever. And we love him. He has charisma. He also, I would say, has bravado. Even though he definitely has a lot of <laughs> self-disparaging uh, lyrics. Even though they're not... <laughs> they're almost like displaying an element of bravado by being self-disparaging. That's totally a thing as well, you know. Sometimes calling yourself stupid and dumb and being disparaging to yourself is in and of itself a form of bravado. I mean, somebody else that does this often, I would say, is somebody like Eminem, you know. I mean, he's always, like, talking about how he's such a piece of shit and addicted to drugs and has no friends and everyone hates him and, you know, he's just this fucking bad person, that in and of itself, I think, is a form of bravado. So what really is bravado in a in a thing like rap or in a thing like art in general, you know? I think I think that it's true uh, that this is an integral element of rap especially. But I think depending on the venue and the genre and what you are doing, that that thing will change, you know? Like if you're a battle rapper, for example, then you have to be a, a really good rapper. You have to have puns and you have to have 500 gun bars and analogies and metaphors you know you can't just go to a battle and rap acapella style like you are waka flocka flame or gucci Mane or something but that's because that's a specific venue where something is expected of you you know i think that's why there's so much controversy in these discussions about comparing music like modern rap music and waka flocka flame to people like krs1 and other 90s rappers is because there's just a totally different standard. I don't even want to call it a standard. It's really totally different things, you know? The thing that you desire as an audience member, and I think the thing that the artist is intended to create at all, is just entirely different from itself, you know? KRS-One was all about showing his rap abilities. I can rap fast. I have good verbiage. You know, I have all of these different references that I make. Um, but I think for Waka Flocka Flame, those weren't really the parameters he was trying to hit with his music. I don't want to talk about him like he doesn't make music anymore. I think that he has a new release coming out. Uh, but you know, th those weren't the parameters that he was trying to hit with his music. He's trying to hit the loud, the loud variable, the aggressive variable, the party variable, the fun melodic trap banger variable, you know? That's just not what, what anyone else... I don't think that you could really compare yourself to someone like KRS-One if you're making such remarkably different styles of music, you know. But, but that's what I think. Wait, keep reading. Hmm, Trendell. But, but does he also have 
people in his corner pushing his coolness to the front lines. The subjective, of course, but the idea of cool usually comes with people supporting whatever it is you are. Hmm. So it's not just you yourself out here saying, hey, look at me, I'm cool. It's everyone else saying it too. <laughs> the blau factor, says Ramona. Yeah, well, well, I think, I think, clearly, as much as I hate people who go on and on about art is subjective, because I really don't think that art is subjective, uh, I think it's undeniable that uh, a lot of the variables that make a piece of art strong do have to deal with its very specific context, the context that it exists in now, and also the context, you know, the the broader context for a thing like rap, you know. I mean, it's moving so fast because it's one of the most popular forms of music. You have to, I mean, the trends are changing as much as all of our other fucking trends, you know. This year, pink is in. Next year, it's red. What are you going to do about it? Um, but... But I do like to think about this concept of, or what kind of concepts arise from considering ideas of the artists about themselves, you know. It is definitely incredibly difficult, speaking as an artist, I think, to really ever feel completely satisfied, at least in a moment, I think, with what you're putting out. Um, I don't think that I've ever felt just like 100% immaculately like something I put out was perfect you know there's always something that I'm like oh I should have changed that I do that I should have um but I think that a lot of those feelings change in retrospect you know you're like oh it doesn't really matter because this whole thing was whack it doesn't matter that I did this or that or that thing I thought I should have done I really shouldn't have done any of that at all I should have not even been thinking that way you know so, so that's interesting to me. I think that that also is one of my biggest obstacles as an artist. Feeling as if, you know, anything is even worth presenting to the public. Uh, because, you know, you're your own greatest critic. Um... I don't think that that can ever change. So I think in that sense, the, the, the perspective of the artist is warped, you know. Because what, what, why do we even call it perspective? What, what variables affect perspective? How up in it you are, you know. If you're the person creating it, then no one is up in it more than you. And if you're up in it for hours at a time, for days and for months on end, then of course your perspective on this thing I think will become greatly warped in the face of this reality that you are the person most up front and center in your own work. There's really no way to mediate that process except, I would say, to take a step away. I find that that's something that greatly benefits me, you know. If I'm all up in something, and this is something that actually in the past year or so, I would say, I've really had to take conscious measures to enforce this on myself. 
Because I think when you start to make something that you really like or something, you might get really enthusiastic about it, especially if like, you know, you do a ton of uppers and <laughs> drink a ton of coffee. You want to listen to the thing over and over and I'm going to do that and let me listen to this other thing. I'm going to listen to the whole thing together. I could do this, that and that and that and the third and you just keep listening and on each re-listen, you're like, oh no, actually I don't like that. What if I do that here? Oh, that's not good enough. You desensitize yourself to the material, you know, and then you just don't like it at all. Even though six hours ago, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Now I'm seeing all these problems with it. Now I don't even know if I like it at all. What, what if this whole thing was stupid? And sometimes recognizing too that those feelings are valid. Sometimes listening to a thing over and over when you're the creator of the thing, I think you do realize in a way that is actually beneficial to yourself. Oh, this is actually dumb. I just liked it because I made it. I think that that's a real really impeding obstacle to the artist themselves like we all have a tendency what's it called the Dunning-Kruger effect I think that if you make a thing that thing is your baby you might have an you might have an impulse to like that thing and admire that thing maybe a little bit more than other people will as well you know you might be more critical of your own work than anybody else will be but I think it's also true that what you do find successful about your own work you will love more than others too and that's a trap to be wary of as well because I mean we all know people put the worst shit out all the time and it's like why did you do this I have to imagine the reason that people put it out is because they were just so gosh darn motherfucking proud of themselves like look mom I did a thing so it's a very treacherous field to navigate I'm not really sure what the solution is or if it fucking matters does it matter art is dumb I hate art. I want to destroy it. Anyway, those are my thoughts. <laughs> it's only been 31 minutes. Good. I want to make these shorter. Anyone have anything to say? That's that's all my thoughts. I have nothing uh, profound to offer here. I just want to say I love Waka Flocka Flame. I'm very sad that he said this about himself. But I also understand why he said this about himself. And that's totally fucking fine. And I like the rappers that he listed off as well. But I do not compare Waka Flocka Flame and KRS-One in my head. Actually, I'm not a huge Nas fan, I have to say. It's not that I don't like Nas. It's just that I never really, like, got super into Illmatic the way that everybody else did, you know? Of course, I had it. I listened to it. But I'm never just like, oh, I have to listen to Illmatic, like, over and over. I just don't, you know? I just don't. I'm sorry. KRS-One, though, I'm a huge fan. And DMX, so there we go. There we go. <laughs> Trendell says saying you're whack is cool yeah exactly I think it goes back a little bit to this idea that being self-degradatory can in and of itself be an act of bravado you know I think that I mean me watching the interview with him saying he was a whack rapper I found it to be very endearing I love humility in an artist you know I think it's a beautiful thing so to see an artist especially one like him who came up a lot off of this music that has a very strong element of bravado like you're saying, Trendell, I think to see him in particular say, I'm whack, even though I strongly disagree with the man, I think that it was endearing, you know, especially as an artist. Uh, I can definitely relate to feelings that you suck. Um, and even though it's a sad thing, and I don't think artists should necessarily be encouraged to hate themselves, because that can be a trap that leads to stagnance. I think that it's also a thing a lot of artists critically lack 
which is the ability to hate themselves. I think that hating yourself can actually be a great thing in the realm of art making, you know. I think that being hard on yourself and setting standards that are really kind of impossible for yourself is actually a thing that definitely promotes excellence. When you just think you're the shit, then you just put dumb shit out into the world because what kind of critical thinking goes into your art making? Nothing, you know? You're just like, oh yeah, I think that as you cultivate skill and time goes on and you become a more seasoned artist, then of course, uh, you know, I think it's easier for you to just shit out masterpieces. I think that you probably can get to that point. Um, but even then, I think that you would probably aspire to higher standards from that point. You know, I think the best artists are never truly satisfied with themselves. That's what I think. <laughs> Trendell says, if Russ says he's whack, everyone's going to destroy him. I've never heard a Russ song. All I ever see are people clowning him on social media. I really don't care about that guy. Fuck that guy. But anyway, anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Like I said, have a little art sale going on uh, right now. I'll probably leave it up for, I don't know, maybe until tomorrow midnight or something. I put a link in the description. It's a sale for custom visual art pieces by myself. If you want to help me out financially, like I've said, I'm in the ending stages of wrapping up some critically overdue projects and it feels really good. Also been focused on web design. You can see from the link that I posted that the site I posted is mobile friendly. How about that? Uh, the site is still under construction, but I'm getting there, okay? Very proud of myself. Um, so yeah, go buy some art. I'll be back soon, probably to talk about eugenics. And then hopefully soon thereafter to get back on track with the philosophy topics. We'll be resuming book club and all of this shit. Love you too, Trendell. Shout out my New Jersey brethren. I will talk to you all later. Good night.